Hey everyone, it's Megan Bowen, and you are listening to the Unwritten Playbook Podcast, where we showcase how smart and interesting people are breaking away from how things have always been done and charting a new path. We will explore topics ranging from marketing, sales, customer success, and also personal development and leadership themes. Join us to learn from pioneers who are paving the way for what the future brings. Hey everyone, welcome to the Unwritten Playbook where we talk to interesting people who are rejecting a status quo and paving a new way. I'm really excited for my guest today, Carrie Hoffman, a dear friend of mine, but also the quintessential project manager. Carrie has 10 years of project management experience and can PM anything uh, from anything in your business to anything in your life. If you know me, you know I'm obsessed with time management and living intentionally, and Carrie takes it to a whole new level. Really excited to get into the discussion today, and I know that Carrie's going to drop a ton of actionable wisdom that you can all use right away. Way. Carrie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Megan. I always welcome any opportunity for us to have a great conversation. Uh, so I'll start with a little bit about myself. I, After graduating college, I went to law school. Uh, I didn't quite have a plan, so I clearly was not in project manager status at that time. Uh, graduated, not really sure what I wanted to do. Graduated during a really tough time in the economy and decided to pursue an interest I had in food. And you usually start your interest in food by working in a restaurant. So I got a job at Colicchio and Sons. You may know Tom Colicchio, the head judge from Top Chef. Love that uh, show. Love that show. Great show. <laughs> uh, they are filming the next season. So that's really exciting. They've figured it out how to make this work with, with quarantine. So I'm excited that that show uh, won't end. And I, after a few months as a hostess, I was uh, promoted to head maitre d'. And that's really when I started uh, my project management role. And you may not associate project management with working in a restaurant. Tom Colicchio's uh, restaurant two totally separate dining rooms, two separate floor plans. We were entertaining probably close to 400 guests a night. And so mapping out what every single night would look like from, you know, from 2.30 when we had to get menus prepped uh, through 10.45 when that last eight top was coming in. Uh, it really was, it was, it was like a sport. It was like project management as a sport. But after about a year and a half, I really wanted to trade that, that nighttime work for a bit of a, of daytime desk work. Uh, and that's when I, I moved over to Seamless. So stayed the food route, uh, but was working more of that traditional nine to six uh, in New York, nine to five doesn't quite seem to be a thing. Nine to six is, <laughs> seems to be a bit more common. So I started on the product and engineering side of things as a project coordinator. And then after a few years, moved over to the corporate B2B side, which is where Megan and I first started working together. I know, that's where we met. It <laughs> the was, origin story. <laughs> yes. And what uh, really is still to date one of the best projects uh, that I have worked on and that I had the pleasure of working with you on, uh, managing a tech migration from a .NET to a Java stack. Um, neither of us were there to see its end. That's how long the project went on. But um, the project plan lived on though and, and everyone else carried it forward. Exactly. Yeah. We were we were there to set everyone up for success, which uh, is part of one of my my mantras, right? Is to you just want to set everyone up for success and then they should be able to fly. So after uh, seamless, which is 
now Grubhub, uh, spent a little bit of time at Shutterstock on a sales ops team uh, and then followed, you know, my my passion for food uh, is paralleled with my passion for fitness. So oh, those yes. go hand in hand. Uh, if you like donuts, you might also want to like kettlebell swings. And <laughs> as, as a ClassPass member, I've been a member since 2015, uh, finding a job there in 2018 was, was really exciting. And it was on a marketing team and I've never done marketing. It's like, oh, I've been around sales, account management, product managers, engineers. I love working with accountants. That's a, a fun area for me. Uh, but marketing, I really knew nothing about. So this felt like a really great opportunity to round out my, my tech background in the project management space uh, and try something totally different. And working with a marketing team is really interesting because you really get so many different personalities on, on marketing. You get that analytical, growth hacker mindset person Mm -hmm. and you have your design team and they're super creative and they have a totally different way of working. You have brand experts that are really more focused on event planning and social media. And so it was, uh, I'm used to managing different personalities across teams and marketing was an opportunity to manage different personalities on one team. Um, During my time, or I'm still at ClassPass. So uh, since I'm at ClassPass and we use Asana, uh, my time at ClassPass has been a great opportunity to really focus on the tools uh, that I use at work. And it has really spurred on my interest in using more tools at home and starting to explore this space of project managing your life at home. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, I think um, witnessing you be a, an effective project manager at, at Seamless. And I think you kind of hit on it. There's obviously, you know, tasks to complete and milestones to achieve, but so much of project management is actually working with all of the individuals and stakeholders that are in the project and, um, you know, inspiring them to action and holding them accountable and understanding the different personalities and how you might have to work with people differently to ultimately get that end outcome that you desire. And I think one of the fascinating things that, you know, people spend so much time trying to um, learn professional skills and perfect their pers- their uh, professional life, um, but maybe don't think that a lot of those can be transferred to serve your personal life, which is, I know, a lot of the things that you talk about. And so, um, you know, when, like, as we continue this conversation, what I want to hear next is, um, what is a status quo that you reject and why? A status quo that I reject is that you can't organize your life the way that you would organize your work, right? That you can't project manage your life, that you can't use a tool with due dates and tasks and delegate out your work the way that you would at work. You know, A lot of people talk about work-life balance, right? People see work and life as as two separate things. And and I don't agree with that because work is part of your life. And if we've learned anything from this work-from-home period that a lot of us are in, right, we're starting to see these overlaps. Uh, They're becoming crystal clear um, to us. And work should be part of your life. And your life sometimes kind of spills over into work. And this idea that you might be two totally different people in those spaces is a status quo 
that, that I reject. Whoever you are is the person that you should bring to your life, that you should bring to your work. And the way that you work most effectively, the way that you hold yourself accountable while you're at work really should be a system that could work for you at home. But the reason why people don't want to do this is they don't want to feel like their life at home resembles their life at work, right? right? Work is for work. You clock in, you clock out, and then you go home. And maybe you don't want to live by a task list or say, okay, what are my goals for the evening uh, that are associated with my personal life? No, you were just at work all day. You're home. You just want to fly by the seat of your pants, figure it out. You'll get stuff done. And Part of that is you're your own boss at home, right? Yeah. No one's really checking in with you or asking you, did you meet this milestone that you set for yourself? And so you reach that point where you say, no one's really holding me accountable. I don't have to manage my life at home the way that I do at work. But to me, the secret sauce there is the more planned time you have, the more unplanned time you have. So by bringing those principles home, you actually are going to free up time to do fun stuff. That is what I want to dig into a little bit more because that I think is is probably the most common objection to this thesis, right? It's like, my life should just be uh, spontaneous and relaxing and I shouldn't put too much pressure on myself and I should just, you know, live my life. Um, and I think you make a lot of really, really good points. Um, but even, even making those points, I still think you would have some, you know, non-believers that are just like, that sounds like too much work and like, nah, I'm not interested. I'm just going to kind of keep doing, you know, what I'm doing. What would you, what would you say to kind of convince that non-believer, even though you've just made a great argument? <laughs> so there's so much out there right now about, you know, clutter clearing, right? That's kind of a hot topic. The Marie Kondo situation. Yes. Yeah. This doesn't Mar bring me joy. <laughs> exactly. Marie Kondo, clutter clear. You have Gretchen Rubin, who's someone else I'm really inspired by. She mm -hmm. has a book, um, Outer Order, uh, Inner Calm. The whole philosophy is that outer order brings inner calm, right? And, and I believe that there are times you're stressed at work and you think the only way to solve this problem is to organize the pens on my desk, <laughs> even though you're not using them, but you just want to feel like you're in this Zen space. In control. <laughs> yes, exactly. And what I would tell a non-believer is that putting that aside, you actually could clutter clear your mind by going through this exercise of mm -hmm. adding some project management to your life. When you walk around your home, which is maybe more often these days, there are things that are constantly pinging you, right? You see that washer dryer up. Oh, Got to get the sheets done today. You open the fridge. Oh, we did not place that fresh direct order. We're out of food. Your mom calls. You don't answer. You have to call her back. You just got a card in the mail. You have to send a thank you card follow-up. I'm going to do that later, right? You don't need to write any of this down. You'll just kind of get it done. But that's all taking up space mm -hmm. in your brain. And it's actually depleting your resources because you're constantly thinking that you have something you should be doing. Yep. Something there. Oh, there, I thought of seven things this morning. I wrote them on various post-its. I'll get them done whenever. But 
what you're not thinking about is that that's actually causing a bit of anxiety because you don't have a framework to say, I'm going to take this, I'm going to put it in my project tool or on this very dedicated list, and I'm not going to worry about it right now, right? I mean, I know that you like the um, getting things done. I was going to say, yeah, this is very similar to that, which I'm completely bought into. And, you know, it's funny when I walk people through like the getting things done workflow, people are like, oh my gosh, this sounds like so complicated. How could you go through this like kind of set of questions to evaluate, like, am I going to do this thing or not? And am I going to do it now or later, or am I going to delegate it? And one of the things that I always tell people is it can feel like an overwhelming framework when you are first introduced to it. But I'm like, I do this subconsciously now because I've been doing this for eight years. And so you can actually train yourself and build some habits that actually like they don't take that much brain power. I've created this muscle memory where something comes in and I immediately go through this checklist of eight questions. Um, and you know, that thing gets placed in my calendar or my to-do list or wherever it needs to be so that I handle it at the right time. And, um, I think it's hard for people to believe that, that you can do that, but I'm a firm believer. And I think that that same approach could work with, with your methodology as well. It's really getting into the habit of triaging everything as it comes in, right? And so when I come home from work, which sometimes is just now leaving the office and going into the kitchen, um, but when (laughs) I was in an office, I go through this series of tasks when I get home, right? I have my backpack. I always empty my backpack fully. There's dirty clothes from the gym. Those have to go in the wash. What am I wearing tomorrow? I take that out. I open all my Amazon packages. There are clothes to try on. I try all of them on. I decide what I'm keeping. I go to the computer. Okay, I have to return this, print it out, label it, package it up. That's going to go to the door, wash Mm -hmm. my face, put on my pajamas. That sounds like so much to do as soon as you get home. But then when I'm done, I have the whole night. I can do whatever I want because I've gone through this exercise of everything that's come in that day now has a place. And maybe there are things that come in and I say, I don't want to do this now, but at least I'm moving that into the column of I'm going to do this later. And we associate that with physical objects, right? I'm getting this package. I'm going to open it. I'm going to decide if I want to keep it and I want to return it. Mm -hmm. But there are just tasks that live in your mind too, that you have to go through that exercise of putting them in that right spot. So that way you're not constantly thinking, what is that thing I'm supposed to do? And I know I get I get a flack from my mom sometimes when she'll say to me, remind me to do this thing. And I'll say, I, I don't want to do that. I, I don't want to <laughs> remind you because then I have to find a place to put this item, right? And mm-hmm. one of remind them- Remind yourself, mom. <laughs> yeah, right? I say, uh, but I understand why people do that because something comes in and you think, I don't want to forget this. Mm -hmm. And the only way to not forget it is to say out loud to whoever's here, don't let me forget to do this thing, right? And you're kind of passing the accountability onto someone else. But if you had a system where you said, okay, there's something I need to do in two weeks, I'm going to put that in my calendar, right? Maybe you use a Google calendar. I'm going to write it on this list of things I'm doing this month. Maybe Mm -hmm. that's where you keep it. I'm going to put it in this project tool I'm using. You would say, okay, make a note, call the dentist. And you would be able to put that aside. And so really going back to the status quo that I reject is 
look, there are tons of people are organized at home. I know that you keep a calendar at home of of different events that you have going on. Um, People use Google Calendar to set up book club Mm -hmm. dates with their friends. People have to-do lists, beautiful planners. But a lot of people aren't committed to this is where everything goes, right? Yeah, exactly. you, You don't treat it the way you would your closet, right? You're usually in your closet. Everything has a designated spot. And well, I think it depends on the person. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Tip number one, everything in your closet should have its designated spot, right? Um, Well, that's actually what I kind of want to get into next is, you know, I think you've really, I think, taken all of your years of project management experience and said like, okay, like I've really mastered this professional skill at work. And, um, you know, like people know that if they assign me a project, like, you know, no stone will be unturned. Every detail will be handled. It will all be documented. People will be updated when things change, right? Look at my beautiful Gantt chart, all of those wonderful things. Um, but, but it it is different, right? You kind of, you took a lot of those principles, but then you kind of created almost like a different framework so that it can really apply to life, um, in, in a natural way, right? Like you're not just sticking sort of the square peg in the round hole. So, Talk, talk to us about sort of that framework and, and what you're doing about it so that you can, I know that you've shared with other people and, um, you know, you have a great website and, and newsletter. So you're kind of really sharing a lot of your uh, ideas and your principles and your framework. So let's break it down for everyone listening on sort of some of the key components of that framework. Yeah. So the first is to really understand just high-level general project management principles that anyone can use, right? I think even another status quo that I would reject is that you always need a project manager at a company, right? I was once hired for a project manager role because nothing was really getting done and they thought, we'll hire a project manager and she can get everything done. But it turns out there weren't any resources to do it. And so I couldn't just do all of the projects myself. I needed those resources, right? Yeah. There, all of us have this ability to be a bit more organized and we should be able to project manage it ourselves, right? If you've ever had a dinner party, that was a project. You invited people over, you made dinner, maybe set out some wine glasses. You let people know what time to come. They probably had a great time. Maybe you put out some board games and they left. Yeah. That you was made a, a menu. You went grocery shopping. You maybe made a cooking schedule. Yeah. That's what I yeah. would have done. Yeah, exactly. So you did a project that was, you had a dinner party project. So the, where I like to start is what are, what's your general framework that you need? And the general framework is to understand programs, projects, and tasks. A lot of us just live in tasks in our Mm -hmm. personal life, right? Do laundry, call mom, start a side hustle, run a marathon, right? These are a list of things that we, that we want to do. I think if you look at your tasks right now, you might see on your list that a lot of them are not actually actionable. Okay. So running a marathon, I can't wake up tomorrow and just run a marathon. I mean, maybe I could, but I, <laughs> if anyone tall, could, it'd be you, Carrie. That's a tall I, order. I could not. <laughs> could not, right? Um, running a marathon, well, that would really be, that's a project, right? That consists of a series of tasks. 
training, buying the right shoes, setting aside time to run, maybe getting a running coach, getting a fun outfit for race day, signing up for a race, focusing on nutrition, right? This is why getting things done at home feels so scary because we look at these lists. You got an hour free on a Sunday and you're like, well, I can't run a marathon and I can't start a side hustle. So I guess I'll just go to Whole Foods and then you can't achieve these, these bigger goals. And so really you should take your task list and say, how would I break this down into something I could just do on an afternoon, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I think I learned a lot from working with you, Megan, is I like to look at my task list and say, if I just got so busy this week, could I delegate this? And not only because maybe I could delegate it and not do it myself, but if if it's written in a way that someone else can do it, then it is an action item. But if you really just wrote down a list of projects and someone said, hey, can I help you out today? Could you really say, yeah, could you run a marathon for me <laughs> or start a side hustle? No, but maybe they could research great running shoes for you, right? right, right maybe yeah. they could recommend a book you want to read about starting a side hustle. So you have to take your list of tasks, really break it down, and then start grouping them together into projects. Mm-hmm. What are the things that you're focused on? And then once you have your key projects, these roll up into programs. And programs are a series of related projects, right? So maybe mm-hmm. you have a bunch that are related to health and wellness. Maybe you have a bunch that are related to your financial health and wellness. So a program is like a category almost like health yes. and wellness. And it's like run a marathon, you know, eat vegan for three days a week, whatever yes. it is. Yeah. Wow. That is on my list of goals this year, Megan, is to eat vegan <laughs> a few days a week. I, I, may, have I may have remembered you Shouting out a few goal ideas. Yeah. And so the, you almost think of the programs, right? As those, uh, those headers on a jeopardy, right? Those categories. (laughs) The thing is though, Megan, why, why do you need to have a list of programs, right? Who cares that you're focused on health and wellness and finances? Really the, the reason to do this is for you to stay focused on the things that you actually want to focus on. Those are like your goals, essentially, like the the big things in life that you care about. Yeah. And so if you came to me and said, you know, um, hey, Carrie, I want to do a a tour of every single great brunch place in Queens. Uh, Do you want to do that with me next year? I might look at my list and say, well, so I don't know if this is really going to help my health and wellness. And (laughs) it's really not dedicated to finances. I don't know if this is something I want to take on. But if you came to me and said, I'm really interested in a yoga retreat, do you want to do that next year? I might say, this really does align with my goals. And so I really like, uh, I just read in a book where um, Rachel Hollis said, you know, uh, if it's if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. Oh, yeah. And I love that saying. Love that. And I, I apply that to hiring and interviewing. <laughs> that, is, anyway. that is great. That is a great <laughs> philosophy. And so by 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 taking the time to say, these are my action items. These are the different projects I'm focused on. These are the, the goals or programs that they roll up into. When you go through that triage process of things that are coming at you, because they're coming at you all the time, mm-hmm. they don't fit into one of these buckets. You send that right back. Well, I don't want this. Well, I think you're also hitting on a really, really important point that a lot of people have trouble with, I mean, including myself, um, which is like saying no. 
right? And so part of this is like any good project manager will be like, nope, out of scope. <laughs> like, yes. nope, this is, you know, this isn't part of what we're trying to do right now. And I think um, that that's a huge, I think, lesson that needs to be applied to life work as well, of course. But um, anyway, that just, uh, sorry, that stuck out at no, me. So I had I, to call it out. I agree. And, and I think part of the reason why um, it can be challenging to say no is if your list of tasks or to-dos are these monumental projects that are not actually action items, then when someone does ask you to do something like maybe go for a walk or go for brunch, I mean, those are fun. You should do those things. Uh, <laughs> you think, okay, do I want to do that today? Or do I want to do this run a marathon thing? Well, I can't really do this. So I'll, I'll take on this, uh, easier action item, right? Easy I, thing. Yeah. I can do the easy thing. And I mean, trust me, I have many conversations with my therapist about uh, this idea of being distracted by productivity, which maybe some of you, of you listening think, well, I would love to be distracted by productivity, but, <laughs> but we are drawn to things that we can cross off the list, oh, right? Yep. That feels great. And so when you have a big goal, like start a side hustle and you write that down and then you have, you know, wash your duvet cover, you think which one, which one is going to get the check mark, right? You're going to go for that easier item that you can cross off, right? Tons of people write things they've already done on their to-do list and cross them off. So I why <laughs> it feels great. You're like, great. oh, I press direct. I did do the order check. <laughs> So why not take those bigger things you want to do? You know, forget about laundry and cooking. There's all these things in your personal life. Like maybe you want to read 50 books in a year, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe you go for 52 once a week or go for 50, cut yourself some slack, take a week off. Why wouldn't you find a way to break down how you want to achieve that instead of looking at it every week, read 50 books this year? You're not going to be able to cross that off until the very end of the year. And when you do that, you don't allow yourself to reward yourself for progress. Yep. You're only getting rewarded at the finish line for perfection. And you're going to feel more motivated to achieve those life goals if you create these progress points, right? We, that's what progress reports were in school. Yeah, they were true. letting you know in advance of your grade. Hey, you're on the right track. Good job. Or mm, you're not so much on the right track. <laughs> Here are some tips to get you to the finish line where you want to end strong. I have a question for you. You made me think of something really interesting. And I'm really, really curious what your opinion is. A little bit of a sidebar. But um, so... Uh, I completely, I mean, I'm bought into what you're saying and I'm, um, you know, I, I have a lot of room for improvement in my personal life. I'm going to start doing some of these things, you know, after this conversation, but one of the things that I've also done recently, and, and I, I think that there's some merit to this, but I think it's a little bit of a different view than what you're describing is sometimes for a large, a larger project, like maybe like starting a podcast, sometimes it's like, like even we're recording an episode of this podcast right now. And I didn't like fully think everything through, but I was just like, I want to do this. So I'm just going to start. Yes. And so obviously I thought through like the theme and guests and I, I did do some planning, um, 
thought through questions I would ask, you know, so there was a level of planning, but it was definitely not as fully fleshed out as most things that I do. And part of me was just like, I just need to start so that I can get some momentum going so that it forces me to keep going. So yeah, I, I'm curious what you think of that, because like, I don't know if that fits into your, into your framework, but when you said like progress over perfection and, you know, I think part of, part of me kind of doing this whole project is just like, you know what, like just start doing it and you're not going to have everything figured out at the beginning and that's okay. And, and you'll, you'll learn and you'll kind of get better over time. But, but what is your view on, on that, that mindset? Yeah. So, uh, there's a great quote, um, Austin Cleon, he has a lot of uh, books about creativity, uh, and he says, start before you're ready. Uh, which I think about a lot. And another uh, quote from William Wordsworth is to begin, begin. And I think (laughs) about that a lot. And I probably spent a whole year, Megan, just preparing to prepare to, (laughs) to launch this website, to launch this framework. I thought I have to do all of this work in advance instead of just giving it a try. So I think your approach, Megan, does still fall in line with being a bit organized because the the steps that you should take before you start anything, right, is you have a prep list of what you might need, right? So that's kind of the getting ready piece. Then you get everything kind of set. I like to use the chef uh, terminology for that, which is mise en place, which means Mm -hmm. you set everything in its place, right? You have your ramekins of onions and garlic ready to go. Mm -hmm. And And then you go. When you're doing something new, like you are starting a podcast, you actually don't know if your prep list is exactly right, right? You just, you write some things down and you're not sure if the way you set everything up is also exactly right. But the only way you're going to find out is to take it for a test drive, right? And so you do some light prep, you set everything up the way you think it's best, and then you go and then you refine. And so I, I, I like to think that um, a lot of things that we do for the first time are like the first pancake that you make, <laughs> right? And so... Uh-oh, I, I thought you had to throw away the, the first pancake. <laughs> you do. So <laughs> you grease the pan, right? You made the batter, you followed the recipe, you grease the pan. That first pancake, it's, it's never good, right? <laughs> it's not brown enough. It just doesn't taste good. And, and you toss it. Sometimes I eat the first pancake. I'm not sure what that says about me. You know, it's, <laughs> that's for you to eat, maybe just not to serve to others. It's not Correct. terrible, but it's not perfect. I don't but, see it. But you can't get the great second pancake without the first pancake. You can't skip the step of greasing the pan and getting everything set up to make that second pancake great. And so what you're doing is you're saying, I'm going to give this a shot. I think I have an idea of what's happening. I'm going to pour this on the pan, the first go of this. I may have to toss it. I may have to eat it alone and not serve it to anyone. And then I will be ready for the second time. And so I tell people who say, you know, oh, I'll try anything once. I say, you know what? it's actually more courageous to say, I'll try anything twice. 
I love that. I love that. I took us down, (laughs) I took us down this tangent. Um, but that was awesome. And I feel better now that I, um, I'm still within the, the guidelines of, of your, of your framework. And so kind of bringing it back, you kind of, you sort of presented it as programs, which is sort of high level goals, health and fitness, finance, um, maybe relationships, work, that type of thing. Then you have projects that are sort of that are underneath programs that represent, um, like that's like run a marathon under health and fitness, for example, maybe like get promoted at work, um, those types of things. And then, and then your tasks are very actionable cross off the list items that make up the project that are designed to achieve the goal of your program. Is that kind of how you would break it down? That's great. Yes, absolutely. I love that. What else would you, would you add to that? Um, is, is there something we missed or is that really, if people think about it in that way, that's like the, the key to success to adopting your approach. I think, I mean, that is the key to success. The, the scariest part though, is that sounds great. Uh, where do you begin? Right. And if you go with, Oh, to begin, begin, you're like, okay, but what, what do I do? (laughs) And, uh, the, the first step really is you can sit and think, what are my key areas of focus, right? You can make a vision board. The world is full of different, you know, pieces of inspiration. I tell people just sit down one day, set aside an hour, just write down everything that you think you want to do. Maybe even just over the next month from Mm -hmm. something as simple as make a dentist appointment to something like buying your holiday presents, having a dinner party outdoors under a heat lamp, whatever it may be. Don't get so hung up initially on, is this a task? Is this a project? What are my life goals? That's really going to weigh you down. Just start by, you know, if we're going back to this clutter clear, do that brain dump. Yep. Uh, Paper, online, whatever feels comfortable. Get it all out there before you even start organizing it into different groupings, into due dates, into milestones, just get it all out. That's, that's really the hardest part. And uh, I did this exercise with someone recently and she sent me the list, probably had 90 bullets on it. Nice. Like, oh my gosh, I have to do 90 things in the next, and this was for three months. It was just for the, for a quarter that she had this to do. And when she sent it to me, I said, here's what I'm going to tell you no way you're going to do all this stuff. (laughs) It's not going to happen. (laughs) But this is great because now you have this list of every single thing that you know needs to get done. Right, yeah. And you can now look at it and say, actually, this item, this doesn't fit with my priorities. This I can do next year. This... This is going to take five minutes. We'll do this right now and get this done. Yeah. But you went through that exercise of just feeling like everything that's been on my mind and on a post-it and on a calendar, I put it over here. And then, you know, then go for a walk. Then go run the marathon <laughs> and breathe before you start actually tackling and adding this into your, into your life and building a system around it. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So, um, and it's kind of like the, um, we, we both read that book, the 168 hours uh, more time than you think. And it, twice, what you described yeah. reminds me of like the list of 100 dreams, right? Just make your big list and yes, then you can yes. say, okay, um, 
you know, what am I not doing or what are the, what are the themes that I'm seeing? And probably those themes really become your programs. Um, great. What are the like more specific projects underneath that? And then that's when you can kind of go through a, you know, no, not doing these things. I don't have to do these things. I can uh, send my laundry out to be done yes. by somebody else. Yes. Um, Amazing. I can say no to that uh, invitation to that thing I don't want to go to. Yes, love that. <laughs> I love saying no to invitations. No thanks, not interested. <laughs> I know. People don't really get upset if you don't go. <laughs> you taught me that, Megan. I, I you know. taught me that. And it's I, true, though. It's true. Stuck with me. Yeah. It feels good to say no. <laughs> it does. Um, no, that makes a ton of sense. And then, um, and, and then I think it, it's interesting too, you were, you were saying you were working on this with someone. So I, I would imagine that having kind of, um, like a third party or an outside perspective to help you with this process probably would be beneficial just because sometimes if you're in it, like she, that person might've needed that feedback of, Mm, okay, like this is a great list, but this is, you know, this is for six to nine months, not for three months. And this is how you should think about that. So um, it sounds like uh, having that, would you say having kind of like that outside perspective is, is a valuable part of this process to kind of um, help people like jumpstart it anyway? I think there, there are definitely some some people out there that I know they have it in them. They're used to this framework at work and maybe they feel like they can go, go, go. But I do think having someone by your side to to go through that list with you to help you stay a bit more organized people who come to me they they know that they can be better right they've they've already made that decision they say yeah. i know i can get a bit more organized right someone came to me and said carrie you seem to have this work life some you've got this down i i, I can what should i be doing and i think what people don't realize is there's really not this one size fits all methodology, right? Who you are as a person, how you hold yourself accountable, what motivates you Mm -hmm. that is different from person to person. And so I think what's challenging is people just try to find someone, say that person, follow their Instagram, I'll just do whatever they do seems to work for them. And that might not be what works for you. And so if, uh, if you take the So Very Carry bootcamp, my goal in that initial consultation is to understand what is blocking you from achieving your goals and getting things done. And I'm not going to come to you with this cookie cutter answer, right? Of, you know, I saw a nutritionist once back in the day, I want a free nutrition, nutrition, uh, a one-to-one consultation from some auction I went to. And it was clear she was just saying, you know, eat flax seeds and vegetables. Said, I did not need to come to this if you're going to tell everyone the same thing. And <laughs> and no, thank you. I don't want to have more flax seeds. I now really like flax seeds, but but that's neither here nor there, right? And so if you, if you come to me, I'm not going to say, you know what? You should be exercising in the morning because exercising in the morning is really the only time to get it done. That's not true. That's not true for everyone, right? That might not be when you're motivated, but people look at other people and say, well, she exercises in the morning. That's what I should be doing. And so I really want to understand how you operate best. And sometimes that's actually digging into what's working for you at work, right? You haven't been fired yet. Maybe you got a promotion. <laughs> what did you do to get that? That worked for you. And help Let's uncover bring, their strengths. 
Yes. Core competencies. Yeah. That's yes. They're core competencies. Megan also taught me about core competencies (laughs) and uh, from reading that book, 168 hours. And I, I put that book down and I told Megan that cleaning was not one of my core competencies. And I hired a cleaning person and I have not touched a vacuum since. Um, That's awesome. That's great. (laughs) Highly recommend it. Uh, So yes, I think having someone to, you know, you can, you can read all of the inspirational books that you want, but you need to understand a little bit more about how you operate first before you can figure out how to build a system around it. Yeah. A little self-reflection. Never hurt anybody. True. All right. I've got a couple of questions to to wrap up this conversation. And I I always ask these uh, at the end of each episode. So I like to do a future cast 10 years from now. It's 2030. Yes. Um, You have spoken with thousands of people about this project management framework for life. What is what is your ideal of what the future is like in 10 years um, if people have really adopted this and, and flourished as a result? What does that look like? What does your vision board say? Right. My vision board, what that looks like is people taking action, people building a way to live that works for them. And the reason why I focus on action is I do think there is a lot in this space of inspiration, of you have more time than you think, of you can use shoeboxes to store everything, right? And clutter clear <laughs> your closet. Uh, there's, there's a lot out there that you could just sit and read and absorb and you can, you know, I'm on social media, but... You can spend a lot of time on social media, saving items, putting it on your Pinterest board and, and looking at this beautiful visual of, of inspiration. But what are you doing to make a change? Yeah. I, I believe that people are pulling from these different resources to say, I find this inspiring. This book didn't help me at all. You know, I worked with you, Megan. There was so much I learned from you. I want to take a lot of that and incorporate that into my life. One of the, I think, key takeaways I got from working with you was really this mindset of two heads are better than one. I always knew when we met, if there was something I couldn't tackle, we'd figure it out in our one-to-one. I brought that into my marriage. You know, there are days I say, oh, how are we going to solve this? We're going to sit down together. We're going to get this done. We're going to cross it off the list because we can do this together. But we can take all of that and it's not a way to actually operate, right? It's just hot tips, right? When quarantine started, what's your work from home tip? That's what everyone was talking about. Give me your hot tip. You know, you should wear shoes around the house. And I was like, that's a terrible tip. You should not do that at all. (laughs) There's so much. It's coming at you. You were getting flooded with this. Yep. And I want to bring to people a way to say, let's take all that inspiration. Let's find what works for you and bringing it back. Let's do something. And there's so much that we do, Megan, that we think we're doing brand new things all the time. We're really just doing variations of the same thing. And we can create playbooks for our life. We don't have to reinvent the wheel Every time we go on vacation, how many times have you written down, pack socks, 
Yes, every time. <laughs> Why do you keep writing that down? You should have a playbook of everything that you would need to prepare for a vacation, right? Yep. You can build these systems. You can have a life of playbooks. And then when it's time to go on a trip, you're halfway there. You already know the things that you need to do. You grab your vacation playbook and press play. Press play and have a great that. time. That's the point, right? Do a little work up front and then just have some fun Yeah, because you don't need to redo this exercise you do all of the time. I love that. I'm a big believer in, you know, biasing to action. I'm like, ideas are great, but results matter more. Yes. <laughs> um, and, you know, the, the talkers versus the doers, I think we're both probably uh, self-proclaimed doers. Um, and yeah, it's interesting because I think one of the things that I, that I think about a lot is um, I want to move my life forward in a way where I architect a life where I really enjoy every day. Right. And I think like a lot of the things that you're saying really give you tools and a framework to do that. Right. It's like, I want to get a great night's sleep. I want to wake up and have a great cup of coffee and go walk my dog and then, you know, do my P90X workout in my basement and (laughs) drink my smoothie, um, have my apple slices, um, you know, have some great, you know, meaningful work, cook a nice dinner, like hang out with my husband after work, whatever it is. Right. And so I think I love that all the things that you said, you can really make life decisions and incrementally improve your life so that you enjoy most, most of it. Um, yeah. As opposed to like, oh, I'm, I'm just getting this thing over with to then get to the thing that I love. Right. Right. And am I supposed to be doing something else right now? I'm right. watching the great British baking show, but have I washed my duvet cover recently? Should I be doing that? <laughs> right. You create these systems. So that way you're not, stressed. when you're free, you're free. Yeah. I love that. And you feel free for that. So we talked about a lot of different things that people can do, uh, which is awesome. Ton of valuable information was just dropped, which is, um, uh, thank you, Carrie. Thank you for sharing your wisdom today. If we had to distill it though, if we had to distill one piece of advice that you would give to everybody listening that you think if you do, if you take nothing else away from this episode, do this, what would it be? You should get to a version of inbox zero for lots of things in your life before even tackling this whole project manager life, right? The concept of inbox zero is that you really only keep emails in your inbox that require action, right? And so there's kind of those two inbox people, right? I have 47,000 emails or four emails. Uh, And the concept is if you're just using it as a to-do list, you know, you respond, you archive, that's out of the way. There are a lot of things that you can do at home to get to zero, right? You can pick a day and say, I'm going to get to laundry zero. Every single thing that ever needs to be laundered, done. Check that off. Dishes, zero. I'm going to get to write a bunch of thank you notes, zero. I like to tell people to get to peanut butter, zero, which might sound confusing. What's that? That's, <laughs> that's finishing all of these open things you have in your house. Don't, don't buy more things. Buy fresh produce, but try to burn down everything that you have in your kitchen. So there's no peanut butter left. You are down to you know two dishwasher pods uh, and you're starting with this clean slate. And so this advice might seem counter to being prepared. Carrie, I'm going to run out of everything if I get to zero. 
the best way to start creating these systems for your life is to start with that clean slate, right? Mm -hmm. So if you get to dishwasher, house, peanut butter zero, inbox zero, you can go into the new year and say, okay, how often do I need to buy peanut butter? How often do I need to change the water filter in my fridge? You can start creating these recurring tasks that you do because you're starting with a totally clean slate. And, you know, as you're looking at the end of the year and you're looking to a new year, a lot of people are thinking, you know, 2021, it's got to be hopefully better than, than 2020. You really want to, you want to understand what resources you need to succeed. And so a great way to do that is to burn down your existing resources and start from scratch. It's a scary thought, but there's really, if we go back to the mise en place, you know, you can't set everything in its place if you don't know what you have. Yep. And I love that. Instead of doing an inventory project, just, just burn down all your inventory (laughs) and then you can build it up again. I love that. That's really, really great advice. I totally agree. Um, Thank you so much, Carrie. Before we wrap up, where can people find you if they want to learn more about this framework, about you? um, Where should where should where should people go? So to learn more about me, you can go to my website, SoVeryCarrie.co. And you can also find me on Instagram at SoVeryCarrie. If you are interested in project managing your life and interested in that one-to-one experience, you can sign up for a consultation and the class. If you use the code playbook, you will get 20% off the service. Um, So that won't expire. I really hope to to see some of you there and I hope to meet some of you one-to-one. And if you think this could actually help your company, your business, uh, there are some lunch and learn opportunities on my site as well. You can use the same code uh, and you can learn more there. So there are some tips and tricks and and articles to start, but I certainly hope we have the chance to to meet one-to-one and get a sense of what's what's blocking you from succeeding so we can unblock you and free up that time to live a great life. I love that. Well, I'm lucky to have you as a friend, Carrie, and Same, uh, and and pick pick all of these wonderful tips and and stealthily incorporate them into my life and and keep you updated on how I'm progressing. So, thank you for coming today. This was um, an awesome conversation. Thank you for sharing your wisdom, and uh, I look forward to uh, I look forward to next time. Take thank care. Thank you so much. Thanks, Megan. 